Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Burroughs Furniture is built for the way you live. From ensuring easy assembly and disassembly to honoring highly requested new colors for their award-winning seating, they always have their customers in mind. Their modular seating is made out of durable materials to last and grow with you. And with Burrow, you always get fast, free shipping. Get up to 60% off during Burrow's Memorial Day sale at burrow.com slash ACAST. That's burrow.com slash ACAST. Burrow.com slash ACAST. You know, I've been talking about earned media value for quite some time on this podcast. My friends at Eisenberg have just raised the bar on earned media benchmarks with their social index. Social Index now gives you globally earned media values across a growing list of six geographies for all your KPIs across the top seven social platforms, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube. You can now visualize these values for deeper analysis, and they have a look-back window over two years of historical comparisons. Social Index is updated daily. Don't get stuck with old data. Over 1,000 companies have used the Social Index to understand the ROI of their social campaigns. And if you work with a social agency, you should demand they incorporate earned media values into your reports. Get your earned media value for social content. Visit earnedmediavalues.com slash Allen. Again, that's earnedmediavalues.com slash A-L-A-N. LinkedIn presents... It's about predicting where the consumer is going and getting half of it right. One of the things we want to do is create ads that don't suck. Embracing change creates great possibility. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Today on the show, I've got Sarah Acton. She's the Chief Marketing Officer at Bill. She brings more than 25 years of experience in marketing and brand building to work in both consumer and business markets. And prior to Bill, she led both marketing and sales at Athos, a wearables company in the athletic performance space. Sarah was also responsible for global brand oversight during pivotal periods of growth at LinkedIn and consumer marketing leadership at Yahoo. She's an entrepreneur at heart. She was the owner of a small retail business where she had firsthand experience with the rewards and challenges of running her own business. And on the show today, we talk about Bill and how they're working with small businesses as well, how that maps to their new rebrand, what marketing is doing to help drive discovery, connection, and trust with their customers. And we also talk about an interesting topic of integrity that she learned as she was running her small business and how you maybe don't sell your customers every single thing. So that and much more on this program with Sarah Acton. Well, Sarah, welcome to the show. Thank you, Alan. I'm excited to be here. Yeah, we're going to have a fun conversation. But I have to start with this 
kind of strange early childhood apprenticeship that I hear you had in uh, an IP or intellectual property law. Tell me more about this. Indeed, indeed. It is surprisingly formative. But when growing up, my dad owned a small law firm and practiced intellectual property law. So trademarks, copyrights, patents, all of that. And I would spend a lot of time in his office and watched a parade of inventors and idea people come through his office over the years. And some of them were, uh, there was a spectrum, right? Some of them were sort of crazy idea people that might have been a little crazy, but others of them were super passionate, just problem solvers. And I didn't realize till later on in my career how much that experience shaped how I chose my profession and how I think about creativity and storytelling. So it was a very, very formative apprenticeship. I love that. I love that. Well, that does sound like a very formidable experience and pretty, pretty apparent for, for what you're doing now. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. And so let's talk about like beyond this early apprenticeship, like where did you get your professional start? post high school and college? And like, you know, how did you end up becoming the chief marketing officer at Bill? Yeah, I, as happens with a lot of people, uh, there were some twists and turns along the way, but wouldn't trade any of them for the world. And, you know, I started, I knew pretty early that marketing was something that was interesting to me. I think part of that, I, I credit to my apprenticeship. And part of it, I credit to my appreciation of creativity and storytelling. And so I was drawn to marketing and I found my way in through advertising. I actually started out in in media buying. And one of my first experiences was being at Home Depot. And this was at a time where Home Depot was experiencing massive, massive growth. The company was opening a store every three days, one of those giant big boxes every three days, which is crazy. But that experience really solidified for me this, I think this might be a, be a path. And so from there, I went back to business school because I realized there was lots I didn't know uh, and wanted to get a little smarter. And from there, I had a series of experiences starting in consumer, did some early consumer internet uh, back in the day. And we mm-hmm. then got acquired by Coca-Cola. Found, yeah, found my way, got to be at Coca-Cola at a time when as a consumer packaged goods company, you were trying to figure out how to have a digital experience when you sell a physical product. And so that was amazing. From there, you did some some other agency experience, but then came to a crossroads and Actually, that was when I decided to open my own small business. And I, you know, I had thought for a long time about opening a small business. Again, goes back to my apprenticeship. But the the things in my life at the time sort of created the circumstances to give it a try. So I opened a, a retail store here in the Bay Area. I ran the store for about three and a half years. And I'm sure we'll come back to that. But an amazing, amazing experience in so many ways incredibly challenging, 
the respect I have for small business owners and, and people, the small business community is, is deep and profound. But that experience then led me sort of back into technology. I was, I was yearning for some of what I had experienced prior. And so found my way to Yahoo, where I had the opportunity to lead our communications products, consumer marketing for our communications products. So Yahoo Mail, Yahoo Messenger, Search, Homepage, and got to really experience what it's like to, to run a business at scale globally. From there, found my way to LinkedIn, which was an amazing uh, opportunity, a pivotal moment for the company and the brand. And then got to build the first ever brand team at LinkedIn. From there, I found my way to uh, a wearable technology company and did some different things around how to get people using data and the power of data to help them improve their performance. And then came to Bill. Uh, I've been with Bill for about 18 months. And I think as often happens in your career, all of the other steps sort of get you to where you are. And so passion for SMB, my passion for helping people use the power of technology to make their lives better, my passion for storytelling and creativity led me to here. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, and you've got such a rich experience on both the, I guess, consumer side, the B2B side, owning your own business. You've got a lot to pull from, <laughs> to be honest. <laughs> it's yeah. true. And it, it, one of the things I find myself doing often is pattern recognition. The, regardless of the type of business you're in or the customer you serve, I've been really fortunate to be at some amazing companies at pivotal moments. And so you start to, you know, spot patterns. And I, I feel really blessed to be able to pull from so many different kinds of experiences to then bring that to bear on the problem at hand or the opportunity at hand. Right. So it's been, again, you never sort of realize it in the moment, but I, I feel super fortunate to have had the experiences I've had and cross paths with so many brilliant people that I've had the opportunity to learn from. Yeah. Yeah, no, I agree with that pattern recognition. I, I find myself doing that a little bit too. We, I've not done the same types of roles that you've had, but I've had the same kind of varied experience. And I always equate it to like, people are people regardless of which organization you're in. They still act like people. So that can be applied no matter where you are. Because a lot of times we're trying to drive change or, or some other aspect of transformation. But then as it relates to business, I think having those varied experiences, you get a real appreciation, I believe, for the levers that a business has to help themselves grow or drive the business. And trying to figure out and tap into those levers, I think, is job one, right, for most executives these days. I agree 100%. And one of the things I think that we as leaders, but as business people in general, are constantly trying to figure out and adjust is what is the right combination of those levers for right now? Mm -hmm. Because it changed, like everything changes. It's one of the things that makes what I do, why I enjoy it so much is there's, 
there's constant movement and evolution. And so nothing is staying still, certainly not customers, right? They are evolving and changing all the time. And so having a deep understanding of what the levers for your business are and how you can adjust them and turn and tweak dials to help meet the customer at that moment, like that's the that's the fun part. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. love it. Well, let's talk, let's talk about Bill. Tell me a little bit about the business, like how, and, and describe kind of what you guys do and, and who you serve today. So Bill is an all-in-one financial operations platform and we serve SMBs. And so when we talk about financial operations, that's things like accounts payable, accounts receivable, managing your spend and expenses. It's a, often a lot of the sort of messy back office financial things that every SMB has to manage. It is a critical part of being able to not only manage the day-to-day operations of your business, but also can be a lever to, to fuel growth, right? Like mm-hmm. for a lot of small businesses, knowing what's happening with their cash coming in, their cash going out, like that's their lifeblood. And so we have been in this space and and really leading leading this space for about 17 years and watching how we can impact the customers we serve and fundamentally enable them to operate in a different way is is super super inspiring and we hear from customers that we can save them anywhere between 50 and 75% of the time that they spend on their financial operations. And that's game changing. You know, if, if, if anybody tells me they can save 50 to 75% (laughs) of my time on anything, I'm like, I'll take it. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's super inspiring to be able to help our customers free up their time to do the things that their mission and their passion is really around doing. That's a, it's, it's a big part of what, what fuels us and uh, gives us energy uh, in internally. I love it. I love it. And uh, to your point earlier about cash, I mean, cash is king in a small business. You cannot grow without it. So. Absolutely. And the number of stories that you hear about those moments where a company was at the edge, right? Yep. And they were they're mm-hmm. at the edge of can we make payroll? Can we cover this particular invoice? And we have we have a, a couple of customers, one of one of our customers, Golden Ratio, their founder, who's an amazing guy, like he tells this story about they had to make a critical purchase to be able to fuel some of their manufacturing. They they make amazing coffee. And that was a critical moment for them. And it was because something got messed up in their financial operations. And that was their moment of going to technology adoption and never look back. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Well, I know you, you've also gone through a rebrand of the company. I guess historically, I knew it as Bill.com as just the name. So t- tell me a little bit about like, you know, why, why was now the right time to rebrand the company as well? It is a great question. It was an amazing opportunity for me as a new leader in the organization to come in at a time when 
we were ready for a change. There was an appetite for really bringing some more humanity into the brand. Mm. And while we are a technology company, you know, I talked about all of the things that we use technology (laughs) to do. At the end of the day, we're a company that is a bunch of humans serving a bunch of other humans. And the business of operating a small business is is deeply, deeply personal. And what an amazing opportunity to reflect that humanity that a lot of brands would envy. And that was the opportunity that we had. And, and the timing was right based on some things that had evolved for the business, the opportunity that was in front of us in terms of the massive market opportunity of the SMB landscape. And we really felt like being able to unlock some of the humanity behind what we do would be an accelerant for, for our growth. And, you know, I, I talk a lot about brand strategy is not independent of company strategy. It is in service of company strategy. And so really aligning around what are our business goals and objectives? How can the brand and, and the work that we do, how can that be an accelerant to what we want to achieve as a company? And, and that led us to, to the timing being right and to a strategy that at its core is incredibly aligned with the company strategy and our mission and vision of serving SMBs. Gotcha. Well, and as you think about like a rebrand, one thing is like, okay, well, what sparked it and kind of what was behind it, which you sort of described already. Um, But then you think about, okay, we do it. And now now what comes next? So what is next for you guys? And how how does this play into marketing and what marketing now needs to do as well? I think one of marketing's roles that is really unique and special is we are often at the pivotal moments when you can really build trust with your customers or or build trust with the market in general and how we how we navigate those moments of interaction with our customers those are all opportunities for us to reinforce trust and and I think about the engagement with customers and prospects is it's a conversation it is always uh, a conversation and there's action and reaction, just like in a conversation. And so we talk a lot about our vision to serve more and more SMBs, our ability to show up in each one of those interactions in a way that builds trust, that creates connection, that educates and informs. That is, you know, the underpinning of of the work that we do. And and I think that The other thing, going back to the point about there's constant change, our customers, uh, man, the SMBs have had a lot thrown at them. (laughs) That's very true. That's an understatement. Yes, 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 for sure. And so we talk a lot about how can we help? How can Mm -hmm. we serve? And sometimes the way we can help is by sharing thought leadership about how to hire and retain talent. 
it's not about financial operations, but sometimes that's that's the best thing that we can help our customers solve. Or other times it's about how do we help them think through scaling their operations and adopting new payment methods. And so we we think a lot about what are the signals that we can get from our customers and from SMBs more holistically about what they're struggling with. Like what mm. what's what's top of mind? What are they what are they worried about? And then where are the places where we can authentically and authoritatively help and help serve them in their journey. And going back to it is the journey of building a relationship with a customer is a series of conversations. And sometimes those conversations are are best when we don't ask for anything in return. We just give and figuring out how we can authentically do that in each of our interactions and serve is something that we spend a lot of time talking and thinking about. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Well, I, I for one, love small, medium-sized businesses. So I've also been an um, entrepreneur as well in my past. And, but I've also done a lot of different types of startups or, or franchise businesses with my wife and things like that. And I mean, I can only imagine the complexity of the types of businesses that you guys serve. And just curious how you think about kind of like tackling or taming that complexity as you think about it and how to reach them and build those conversations you're talking about. You're 100% right. Like SMBs are really special as a customer base because, and I think that's part of why I'm drawn to them so much. They operate at a scale that is quite like consumer, right? The, 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 The SMB population, there's over 32 million uh, SMBs in the U.S. alone, and so there's there's an incredible scale there, but yet they also are businesses, and so there is some of the buying journey and the the life cycle component that is very much you know a, a business lens. And I think going back to some of my background and having had both B two C and B two B, I think. It's part of why I'm so drawn to SMBs. And, and there is a, a diversity to them that is delightful and fascinating. And they, in a lot of ways, are like the mirror of our communities, 
right? Like (laughs) the SMBs of the world are our neighbors, our friends, our, our families, you know, to your point about you and your wife. And so there's, there's an incredible diversity there that can make the go to market motion for SMBs challenging. And I think for us, we, from a very early stage, worked to build a really diverse go to market ecosystem with the intention of trying to be wherever SMBs are when they're in that process of decision making. So whether it's working with financial institutions and and their banking partners, how do we help serve them through that channel or accounting firms? I often talk about one of the first things I did when I started my small business was I I realized I needed an accountant. And so I hired an accountant who was a referral from the scrapbooking stores two doors down. Um, but like, that's, that's real. That's, you know, that's how it happens. And so we, we, we partner with accounting institutions. We partner with accounting software providers, because that's also a key sort of place where SMBs are looking to change their financial automation. And, you know, and lastly is, is the direct channel. So, so reaching, trying to find the places and spaces where SMBs are existing naturally and and are looking for information, looking for ways to solve some of their problems. We we find ways to be there authentically to to try and serve them there as well. And all of this is about like to your point about they are different, they are diverse, and so there is no one size fits all solution. And and there is uh, both challenge but also incredible opportunity in that diversity. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Well, we talked about your experience and you, you have had a vast amount and different types of settings. Like we've talked about, like what, like if you step back from that and you just think about marketing in general, like what do you see as the role of marketing? Like what are we supposed to be doing? <laughs> <laughs> good, good question. You know, I, I think about marketing really as kind of three things. We help with discovery, we help with connection, and we help with building trust. And the discovery piece, that is all about using the, going back to our dials and levers, like using all of the tools and tactics that we have to continue to experiment and evolve with how to help the world discover us, discover at the very highest level, like build awareness all the way down to discover the types of solutions that we have that are available to help them solve the problems that they're facing. So I think a lot about discovery and I use that word very purposefully because there that has to happen first, right? You, right. you, as you think about any of us who who've gone through the buying journey of of anything, like you, there's this first this moment of discovery. Like I, for a lot of SMBs today, they are still operating in paper based systems and doing things in homegrown solutions, and so we have to think about how do we how do we help them discover that there's another way. And a lot of our discovery is through using some of our amazing customers 
who've been where they are. And whether it's another one of our customers, Repurpose, which is a wonderful women-founded business that is helping to reduce plastic waste through plant-based compostable tableware. Hmm. And they talk about this moment when they sort of looked at themselves and said, we've got all these paper-based systems, but yet we're trying, we have an eco mission, like there's got to be a better way. And, and so they discovered Bill and they've, they've been on this journey with us. And so we think a lot about discovery and using our customers to help drive some of that discovery. And then there are these moments of connection, right? Where if you think about the work that we're doing as really a series of conversations how do we create moments of connection where a customer feels heard? Mm. They feel seen because we've spoken to them in a way that's like, oh, they get me. Like, <laughs> you, you know, you, yeah. you feel that sort of moment of connection. And then those moments are what helps to continue to build trust. And we, we absolutely, we don't take that lightly. And so, making sure that we are clear and authentic and transparent. Those are all the kinds of things that I think really help reinforce the ability to, to build trust and continue to earn that trust every day. I love it. I love it. I really like the discovery connection and trust framework too. It just, it applies to any business for that mm -hmm. matter. Well, marketing and, and businesses in general, it's really just a collection of people. No matter, no matter what we're doing or how we're organized. And so culture, I think, is a big part of like how work gets done. And so I'm just curious how maybe you're approaching culture and, and team building at Bill. And um, does that, how does that translate into the work that you're doing? We are, or I feel, so incredibly lucky to be in an organization with such deeply rooted mission and values, the number of people in this building and, and across all of our buildings where there's a really personal connection to SMBs is, I love it. I, I light up when I think about all of the stories and, and sometimes we will internally, we'll do posts on Slack and things where we ask employees like tell us your SMB story and they flood in like they just they flood in and that kind of connection to the customer and connection to our mission drives such passion behind solving the problem that we get the opportunity to solve every day and so as we think about building teams and the culture internally it starts with that connection to our mission. And when you have that and you have values that are embraced and are actioned every day in the way that, in the way that we make decisions, in the way that we make choices about how we deploy resources, like those become flywheels mm. that then attract more amazing people who feel a connection to our mission and our values. And so we think a lot about building teams that sort of self-reinforce that flywheel and 
going back to the diversity of SMBs, there is a built-in diversity because SMBs are a mirror of our communities. And so Mm. you get people who have incredible richness and background and, and experiences that fuel diverse teams and you know diverse teams are we, we've all seen the 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 proof that they they come up with amazing amazing problems or solutions to problems um, mm. as a result of that diversity of experience and thinking yeah no i i agree and just the very nature of your company being a reflection of your customers it has to be that much easier one to serve them and understand them because there's a shared shared understanding if you will to some degree so i love that love that absolutely and that i think that shared understanding brings a kind of compassion and empathy to the work that we do so while yes we are building technology and and there is incredible power and sophistication behind the technology that compassion and empathy ensures that we never lose sight of the human on the other end of whatever whatever solution we built and that's a that's a really special thing i love it i love it well you know one of the things we like to do on this show is to get to know you even a little bit better we know early you <laughs> um you know helping helping out or, or listening into conversations at your dad's office but like one of my favorite questions to ask everyone that comes on the show is, um, is there an experience of your past that defines and makes up who you are today? The experience that, and I know we've been talking about it this whole time, but owning my own business Mm -hmm. was such a defining moment in both my life, but my career in so many ways. It taught me first and foremost, how to get really good at making decisions with imperfect information. As a small business owner, you never have perfect information, but the business can't wait. There's a customer standing in front of you. There's a decision that you have to make and, um, and be getting good at moving fast. And trust me, there were lots of decisions I made that is like, Oh, that wasn't the best decision, but you learn and you grow. And I, that opportunity to do that basically cycle of, of experimentation, right? Like hypothesis, experiment, learn, iterate. I think being a small business owner enabled me to do that so fast that it was incredibly formative for me. And the other thing I will say is, I remember very clearly, there were a number of customers who they would come into the store and I would engage them in a conversation and they'd ask me about something. And often, I mean, not all all the time, but sometimes I would actually talk someone out of buying something. And I would (laughs) say, I'm not sure you need this. I'm not sure that's the right solution for you or try this and then come back in a week. And if you still need it, like, and that moment of honesty and Mm -hmm. being just being very truthful, that did so much to build loyalty that I don't, I don't think I realized at the time, 
because it was just like, that's just what you do. But it was a really formative learning for me. Yeah, no, I love it. And it is amazing how those types of like, just uh, almost like integrity moments, I guess, to Mm -hmm. some degree, maybe that's the wrong word, but I think it'll apply can engender it just can engender so much trust. And and to your point, like um, I, I see it also as a, if I think about it from a marketing lens, it's also kind of a jujitsu moment, <laughs> which is like you, they're expecting you to sell them on it as you're asking questions. And you say, no, actually, I think honestly, it makes people lean in heavier to what comes next. As well. I 100% agree. And I think your integrity word was exactly the right word because mm. if you're anchored around a long-term view, right? Like I treat at the time, like using my, my small business experience, but even today we've talked a lot about it. There are, it's a series of conversations. And so when you take that view of you and I are going to be talking for a while, then it almost takes some of the pressure off of each individual interaction. And lets you just really focus on like, what does this customer need right now? And, and that it, it does, it, it creates a type of connection going back to that word. Like it, it creates a, a really authentic connection that I think is incredibly valuable. Well said. Well, if you were starting this journey all over again, what advice would you give your younger self? I don't know if this, so I have a, an older son in high school who just graduated this year and is going off to college. So I've heard a couple of like speeches about graduation lately that may be shaping my answer, but I would tell my younger self, uh, not to worry so much about each of the individual steps. Mm. The, to just take the step. That's the most important part. It might be the wrong step. It might be a side step. Uh, it might even be a backward step, but like take the step and then keep your eyes and ears open and embrace whatever that step is there to teach you because there's always learning. And, and the, the sooner you fully lean in into whatever step that is, the sooner you'll be able to experience the, what it's there to teach you. I love that. Just take the step. <laughs> Just take the step. Yeah. Yeah. I'm I'm curious, you know, if as we think about marketing and and everything is changing a lot over the course of many years, of course as well, but are, is there anything that you're learning trying to learn more about yourself or you think other people should be learning more about? My answer here is always the same and it is being obsessed about your customers. I, I credit some of this, I think, to my formative years at Home Depot, mm-hmm. where I spent a lot of time in the stores. I, I worked in the marketing department, but I spent a lot of time in the stores. And we would, quick, quick story, we would yeah. always shoot our commercials in the stores and we used employees and we used real people for those commercials. And so I would spend a lot of time in the stores and it gave me 
such an opportunity to connect with customers and try sometimes, not all the time, sometimes try and help them with something in the store. I got lots of questions about, can you tell me where the pain aisle is? Or like, how do I make a decision between this drill and that drill? And I would often call over an expert, but being there and getting to engage with customers so frequently, I think inspired my desire to always want to stay connected to them. And, you know, with with technology companies, that can sometimes be harder because you don't have, you know, at, when I worked at Coca-Cola, I could wander down an aisle and find a customer, right? right? right. Um, yeah. And so you, it, it takes energy or, or it takes investment to to find the places where you can connect with customers, but learn as much as you can about them and learn what they care about, what they're thinking about, because it does, it changes. And I think that's a, a secret ingredient for marketers is always staying connected with the customer. Like good, such goodness comes from that. Well, Beyond marketing and and maybe even business to some degree, are there any trends or, or subcultures that you follow or you think other people should be taking notice of? I think there is a real shift that, and I don't know if I'd call it a, a trend versus it is just a major shift in how people, how you reach and teach and influence and I watch, I watch the ways that we consume information. Again, you know, I, I watch, I have two teenage kids and I watch how they consume information, how they're reached by different brands and companies and products and how they are influenced by different kinds of approaches and tools and tactics. And, and so I think that that process by which we learn and consume information and and how the different modalities of information can influence our perceptions like i think there is i think we are already well into sort of a a seismic shift but i think mm. there's more that's coming and we see it we see it as as consumers and marketers all the time. And that pace of change is only accelerating with things like AI and other pieces of technology that are only going to accelerate that that movement. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I have a teenage daughter as well, 15. And I think mom and dad still watch, you know, some sort form of streaming TV on an actual TV. <laughs> but she is, I think, 100%. I, I'll go in her room and she's got the laptop doing something or playing a game. And, you know, then there's an iPad that's streaming a YouTuber uh, or something of that nature. And then her phone is pinging because, you know, they've got group chats going and all kinds of things. And yeah, it's it's chaotic, but she is plugged in let's put it that way a hundred percent and it's not chaotic for for them for them no it's just what they do (laughs) and and it's fascinating to think about 
and and I I'm sure you have these conversations too, but they come out with these little nuggets that they've (laughs) extracted. And I, my kids are so used to me doing this, but I'm like, where did you, where did you hear about that? Where did that come from? Like, how did that, because there's such, there's such learning in how their consumption patterns, that's, that's the future, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. Absolutely. Last question for you. What do you think is the largest opportunity or threat facing marketers today? I'm going to go opportunity. And I think the opportunity for marketers today to experiment endlessly has never been better. We have so many tools and and technology that enables us to have a much, a much more robust experimentation cadence and uh, like just a freedom in creativity, a freedom in uh, hypothesis testing that I think is such an opportunity. And I love watching my team. Uh, They're such a creative and passionate group of people. I feel so lucky to get to learn from them every day. And they are are constantly coming up with new ideas. And our answer is always like, go for it. Like, take the step. What Like, try it. Because the world has given us amazing tools to be able to do that and learn at such an accelerated pace. And I think the opportunity for marketers by virtue of that is virtually limitless. Well said. Well said. Well, Sarah, thank you so much. I enjoyed the conversation. Thank you for coming onto the show. Alan, it was such a pleasure. I appreciate getting a chance to chat about stuff I love. Hi, it's Alan again. Marketing Today was created and produced by me with post-production support from Sam Robertson. If you're new to Marketing Today, please feel free to write us a review on iTunes or your favorite listening platform. Don't forget to subscribe on marketingtodaypodcast.com. Tell your friends and colleagues about the show. I love hearing from listeners. You can contact me at marketingtodaypodcast.com. There you'll also find complete show notes and links to what was discussed in the episode today. And you can search our archives. I'm Alan Hart, and this is Marketing Today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.